Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Kim. What? So, what's up, Kim? <laughs> what? What? Somebody interrupted me. Someone's talking to me. What's happening? <laughs> um, welcome to our channel. We're offended. You're offended. I'm Kim, as you just heard. And, uh, yep, and I'm Tyler. Yeah, that's who that is. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in and listening to what we have to say. Uh, always remember to like, subscribe, share. And in the comments will be all the other places where you can, or in our description, all the other places that you can find us. Instagram, Facebook, Rumble, YouTube. Well, obviously, you're probably listening on YouTube. Anchor, anything. Facebook, we are there. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into. So uh, I might ruffle some feathers, but, um, you know, it's just a... It all paints a beautiful portrait, okay? Okay. So, uh, with, uh, with those formalities out of the way, uh, you know, I guess you could check us out uh, if you want to donate to our shitty show on uh, PayPal. You're more than welcome to do that. Um, but, yeah, I please encourage everyone to, to share. Um, on September 20th, making this announcement now, and I'll keep reiterating it, uh, we will be having a live stream. So uh, for the the elections in like Canadian elections, for anyone that doesn't know, on September 20th, we have uh, is when the elections are being tabulated. So we're going to see if we're going to have a liberal minority or conservative minority or I don't maybe know. the tables be- will turn and we'll finally have somebody different like PPC. Yeah, probably. But uh, let's let's see. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens because I'm sure the Green Party is going to fall apart. NDP is going to lose more support. Uh, the block is well. The block is the block. You know they're they're nationalists. So, in a, in a weird way, the national eh, they're weird. Um, but let's see what happens with uh, conservatives if they're going to take it. If liberals are going to hold a, a, mi- a minority government, or no, well, maybe I, I'm I'm excited to see like uh, see what happens with the PPC. But September twentieth. We'll be uh, following that as long as it's uh, relevant until we get bored and we just, uh, you know, shoot ourselves. So, <laughs> And to anybody um, else, always make sure to take this time to vote. Make your voice heard. If you want somebody different, if you're sick of the liberals, you're sick of the conservatives or whoever, you want to see something new, go out there and vote. I myself, this is my first year I've ever voted. That's right. Never voted before. Okay. Okay, so I guess before we get into this, so I, I've seen a lot of people saying about, oh, you're, you know, if you do, you're just, you're splitting the vote, you're splitting the vote, and you need to think tactically, and, and you know, you just want to keep the government the, that's already in power, and if you, you should go for the party that has the, you know, the best chance to win. I don't, I don't agree with that. What? I don't. What? That is, that is a stupid thing to do. Like, oh, go for the one that's oh. got the better chance to win. What? Well, so you know, it's it's like it's voting for for the lesser of two evils instead of voting for something that you you know believe in or someone is saying literally saying the same things that you think. Instead of voting against something, you should be voting for something. So let's say hypothetically, Trudeau. You know, he has his policies and he made, he's made them very clear what he wants to do and what policies he wants to continue to push in the future. 
and say, okay, well, if you're voting against something, you're never voting for something. And I think that is that is a terrible way to do to do politics and and I don't know. Like, w- would you? I don't know. It's just I, I can't even think of an an analogy that would even make sense. Like, would you vote for? I don't know. Would you vote for something you don't necessarily agree with, but it's better than the alternative that you already have when neither one are really speaking to you? I think that's why most people don't vote is because a a, a political group isn't saying what they what they're feeling and what what where they think the country should be going, and that's why we have a, a democratic process is you vote for what you think what you what you believe in and for a long time like a lot of the the parties like you know i probably would have voted liberal if the liberal party was the liberal party of yesterday not the not what the liberal party has become today those are two very different uh uh political factions one's almost quite authoritarian and quite uh communist but you know if anyone wants to disagree with me just remember our our wonderful uh blackface in charge uh said that he he admired china's ability to uh dictate what people do he admired cuba's ability to do that type of stuff so you know take it from the from the the drama teacher's mouth He's made it very clear of where his uh, political leanings are, and that you know that the self-identified, you know, feminist that has fired probably more women out of any cabinet position than any any leader before. But you know what? Hey, that's just me. That's me. Uh, you know, vote for whatever you know, whatever floats your boat. You like? Uh, Wait, did you just say he uh, is a self-proclaimed feminist? The feminist ally. Yeah, and he's fired more uh, women in prominent positions than uh, I think any other prime minister ever has. He's also had the most uh, ethics violations than any other prime minister in history. Actually, he has more uh, ethics violations than all other prime ministers combined. Mike, are you them. serious? Yeah, for 150 years or 150, what are we, 152 years of Canada's existence? He has more ethics violations than all others combined. So those that hated Stephen Harper, okay, remember, this this guy has more than all of them combined. I can't even wrap my head around that. That's crazy. Yeah. So we're going to look at uh, a certain, uh, a couple of things. So with that out of the way, tweak your nipples. Grab your favorite drink. Grab your grab your popcorn because we're gonna go for a ride. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh shit! Sorry. Okay, so this was from Global News, and it is titled in quotations. I agree with the impatience. Trudeau says he understands frustrations of indigenous leaders and Afghan war vets. So we're gonna focus on one one side of this. <clears throat> so federal uh, communist leader Justin Trudeau. Trude- <laughs> Justin Trudeau said he understands indigenous leaders' frustration at the slow progress of change following the discovery of unmarked burial sites of former residential schools across Canada. Chief Roseanne Casimir of the Tick 
Oh, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw this. Tick M loops T sick what sick weapon. I tried. Okay, First Nation, <laughs> which announced the remains of 215 children at the site of Kamloops. Obviously, you know what sparked this whole thing. Um, but uh, the chief was disappointed by the glacial pace of change, says re- saying reconciliation has failed to be a key issue during the federal election campaign. Okay. Um, the chief of state is saying, from what I have witnessed to date, there's really little to no real discussion other than a few headlines that have been mentioned and tossed around during the debate. Which, you know what? And I, I, I remember saying this before. Watch. This will be a, a talking point. Because they're all going to try to virtue sit. And you know what? I, I'm a little surprised that there wasn't uh, wasn't actually more done on it. I'm a little surprised. And it, it's kind of... Who is that? Rob Canoe? Or Wob? Wob, I believe it's Wob. So cool. I feel like I've seen more be done with like the Black Lives Matter and stuff than this, weirdly enough. Well, because it, it's, it's politically easy. It's politically easy for him to take a knee with people that literally want the... the, dis, the, distru- the fuck, dude. The, the destruction of Canada and Western civilization. Saying that it's all founded on racism. Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe to an extent, but you're also you're the leader of the super progressive, the super woke. Uh, well, his dad supported it, and in fact, he he helped it. So, you know, whatever. Um, so our blackface in charge was stated as saying, "I agree with the impatience that people feel." He said. I agree with the impatience that indigenous people feel because I feel it too. Bullshit. We need to be moving as fast as possible. So I'll say this. If he did actually feel it, there is more to this this article. But, you know, it's just more of the, oh, well, we, we strive to, to make sure that people are included. His very long-winded answers then that there's going to be a committee or something. You know, the typical stuff that he says. Um, so there's been, so this is one article. And we have a few more. And I remember saying it's going to be a political talking point. That oh, more needs to be done. All right, I'm, I'm going to come out with a with a crazy, th- crazy thought. What if we gave that land to them, or should I say, gave it back? You shut Not your mouth. Crown land where they can be replaced as long as uh, uh, once they find that some resource underneath it is more beneficial to the to the than to the people that live on it. So what if, what if, crazy, crazy idea, they own their land. It is their land. What? That would, sounds would that crazy. Be, would that be a crazy thing to think? Well, I guess if so, you're the government, probably. Oh, can you, you, can, you can respond. <laughs> can you not hear me? Well, it must be because then you you end up forcing these people to be reliant on you. So if if you were handed out things, if you were just given, but no, I I hurt you now. Um. So if you were just given given money, given resources to you know to to have your 
your land to have your property and have everything else is given to you. Okay, well, then you don't honor and respect it. And I don't see why those territories cannot be their own jurisdiction. I, I don't get it. I don't get why that can't be a thing. And I, I would love to hear, you know, maybe someone that has a more informed decision on this, but why can they not just have their land? They own it. They own, they own their own destiny. I think I've said those words before. They, you know, they can, they can have their, you know, maybe like a tourist thing. They can have something where, and unfortunately, the world that we live in, unless it's worth something, we just don't care about it. So, I don't know. I, 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 I think that would be better. I think it would be better for them because then they are in control of their own future as opposed to the government just letting them do it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's some communities like, you know, in the U S where like the police there, if a police from one jurisdiction attempts to go into a jurisdiction of a reservation, they have no authority there. You're in the wrong jurisdiction, but it's, you know, the RCMP just kind of, you know, oversees everything. So I don't, I don't know. But so in terms of the, the, you know, the residential school schools thing. Hold on. Um, um, sorry to interrupt, but when you're talking about like um, them owning their own land, I don't know if uh, you heard me before, but yes, definitely. I completely agree with that. I think that would be very beneficial. But in the States, which you might not even know, but in the States, is it different there? Like, do they own their own land down there or is it the same type of thing in the United States as it is in Canada? I don't know. I, I don't know to the extent that they have autonomy over their own, um, I guess their own, I don't know, their own land. I, that I do not know. I don't know if it's individually owned or, or what. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think they actually in the states. I believe they actually have more autonomy within their own jurisdictions. It's not just a land of of poverty. They actually, you know, like, well, you hear about, you know, it was like USC fights were done on Indian reservations because their laws are different than the territory, like the the state that they are within. So. Yeah. UFC fights would take place in in uh, in Aboriginal casinos because their jurisdiction and their laws are different. See, and that's, so, that's why I, I, I was kind of wondering, like if if it is done differently down there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Their their yeah, so, reserves and stuff seem very different than they do up here. So I guess there was, well, okay. So I guess with, with that kind of article being out of the way and they do end up break going down, I guess in, in, in terms of like the leaders debate, uh, Jagmeet Singh kept hard, like you dude, fucking li listen to the questions that are being asked and answer them. Jagmeet Singh was, he's just trying to look for anything to try and say that. Oh, look at the, look at what the NDP is doing. Mm, look at what, oh, come on. You're freaking more socialist than Trudeau, and I don't know how you possibly manage that, but okay. Um, 
So here was another one from uh, WBUR. And it's titled, so Indigenous Kids' Bodies Recovered, Not Discovered, says Canada's Assembly of First Nation, Nation Chiefs. Roseanne Archibald was recently elected Canada's first female national chief of the Assembly of First Nations, leading more than 900,000 Indigenous people in 634 uh, First Nation communities. Just days later, another 160 unmarked graves were uncovered at a former Indigenous resident school in the southern Gulf Island of British Columbia. Uh, so the survivors describe horrific mental and physical abuse at the sites, which everyone knows that, you know, the Jesuit priests came and uh, basically beat the culture out of them. Um, so the um, to continue on, the investigation and location of the mass graves were conducted with the use of ground-penetrating radar technology. Less than a week ago, members of that same First Nations held a day of testimony about the findings at the Kamloops Residential School in bc so where the 215 kids were found so i guess they, they continue on with that apparently and I, I would love to find more information on this i've actually tried to phone um a couple uh band offices to try and get more information on this and i unfortunately i haven't been able to get through to anyone so um apparently they have been when well, I guess when the Catholic Church finally, uh, I guess finally turned over all these documents to people, it was it was white and like white people and Aboriginal were all buried together. In fact, there were there's some articles, especially in this this next article that I have pulled up. They all knew. They all knew of where these these graves were. But I don't know. I would like to see they, who, uh, like, like more information. You said that the, they, the chiefs. Oh, yeah. Well, so they, it kind of casts a little bit of yeah, yeah. So this uh, this third article was from Todayville dot com. Um, I guess they're they're based out of Red Deer, and. Uh, yeah, they, they start to kind of bring up some of that that stuff. And I don't know, I, mean, I, I, I really, I don't care about someone's political leanings. I just, I want to find what's true and what's not. So, I know some people have made posts about, like, um, you know, oh, it's, you know, like, 7,000 people have been discovered and no one's talking about it. Well, why, you know, what, was it not politically convenient? It's probably not politically convenient, but also maybe there's a little bit more to the story that's being told and that maybe we're just not hearing. So this article from uh, Todayville, um, it says, uh, um, okay, so to, em em uh, to emphasize the perfidy of the people who had abandoned these children to the cold earth, the trust fund product poised, head bowed, with a teddy bear at the Saskatchewan Cemetery. Yeah, so another photo op. This is from, this is a reference to Trudeau. Um, this was to underline the message he's been pitching for years to the international community. Canada has executed a genocide on the native peoples of Canada, and his nation was inherently evil, which I think is 
untrue. That's the way his uh, paid-off media pals say it, so I assume he's actually as journalist as anti-Trudeau. It's sounding like it so uh, far. <laughs> so in the papers and on electronic media, there were uh, they were agnonished calls for criminal charges, investigations of the Catholic Church, the suddenly uncovered mass graves, uh, were proof of denying the past. Woke Toronto journalists competed for who could damn the killers of the residential schools or residential kids who supposedly been murdered and dumped in shallow graves behind the schools at midnight. David Butt, a Toronto criminal lawyer, writes in the Globe and Mail, he claimed the discovery of thousands of unmarked graves of Indigenous children on the sites of former residential schools looks and smells like criminal activity. Activist firebrand Robert Jago said anyone questioning the validity of his own genocide allegation should be considered equivalent to Holocaust denial and punished as a hate speech purveyor. International media said the same stuff. Just one problem, this article declares. The 751 graves in Saskatchewan are well known and may contain white families too, says Cow... Oh, I always screw this. Cowess's First Nation band leader, Irene Andreas. There is no discovery of graves. We buried our dead with a proper funeral. Then we allowed them to rest in peace. To assume that foul play took place would be premature and unsupported. And she continues with, All your elders have knowledge of every grave. The band office has records from the bishop's office, the church board, and from cemetery workers who were in charge of digging graves and burials. So please, people, do not make up stories about residential school children being put in unmarked graves. No such things ever happen. I just got, like, chills, (laughs) to be honest. Like, wow. Yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll just continue on a little more. There, there's quite a bit to this article, and, you know, always the, the articles will be posted. <coughs> they sure will be. In the description. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in his brilliant uh, analysis of the evidence that Trudeau and Singh hype, Jaime Rubenstein, who taught and wrote about Indigenous and other cultures at the University of Manitoba for 31 years, says there has never been verified proof of even a single child killed in the century-plus residential schools operated. No name, no body, second-hand witnesses. Furthermore, the sobering death rates of residential children were in line with the terrible morality, mortality rates of children from all causes in the years the schools were employed from 19, or 1870 to 2000. For example... Researchers found that all the Alberta Native children waiting for entrance into residential schools in 1912 carried tuberculosis. Ter- ter- what do you call that? What do you- ter- ter- tuberculosis. Yeah. So, I'm not saying, you know, this side, this person is right, but if this, you know, band member is saying, hey, it's it's not what you guys are thinking... But then there's some other articles that are saying that children attempt to flee from these residential schools and some of them had drowned, you know, trying to leave these places. I'm saying it's it's quite possible. And I wouldn't be surprised considering a lot of the stories that we heard from people saying these things. But maybe they're not as 
Um, maybe they're not as absolutely. I don't know. What's the right word? Maybe not so. Sinister? Just evil right to the core? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe more as sinister. I don't trust me, like I don't I don't agree with forcibly taking people away from their parents, forcing them to learn something. And I think it was uh wasn't it Trudeau saying uh beat the or take the, the native out of the man or something? Or take the savage? Said something really fucked up. So I yeah. I don't know. But if you have First Nation members, and this is these are the only people that we can really take the information from, I will take it from the people that ha- have the most to gain or to lose from what they say. Yeah, it's the people who it's involving. Yeah, like if I if I, you know, well, uh, just as someone is saying, like, trust me, politically, this Irene Andreas has a lot of. It has a lot of sway in this type of stuff. So if there are more more people that are, are saying, you know, similar things or saying things to the contrary, I would love to hear it. I would absolutely love to hear it. But you know, when a band member is saying, uh no, it everything isn't isn't uh what's being reported in the media, I don't know. It's I'm I'm just I'm you know, I'm I'm pulling a... Oh, God. I'm just a Jesse Ventura freaking guy. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> kind of thing. Well, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just... I would love to know. I would love to have, like, a definitive answer. And it is good that there was... That there are these inquiries and... I don't know. Just that the day of reconciliation is such a fucking slap in the face. It's... I think it's so disingenuous. We give a day in... in, in you know, for for the people and the you know the the cultures potentially that were ruined. I don't know, but, but yeah. all right, I've been talking for like well, twenty thirty minutes already. So well, in this in that same article, because I'm reading along with you, um, it is explained by Chief Joe Pierre of I'm not even gonna I, I can't even say where it is that he's from in Cranbrook had explained that graves were traditionally traditionally marked with wooden crosses and this practice continues to this day in many indigenous communities across Canada. Wooden crosses can deteriorate over time due to erosion or fire which can result in an unmarked grave. So it can result in that due to these things but clearly they were all fully aware where these people were. Yeah, so it it, it very well could be. Like I said, I, I don't I don't discount what the, the schools did and there are there's a lot of evidence to say what these people, you know, like the, the children went through. I do not I do not doubt that at all. You know, the, the amount of mental abuse and and yeah. you can kind of see like you can see that the knock on effects. You totally can. There's there's a lot of Aboriginal people that, you know, they end up turning to substance abuse. You see the communities where they I wouldn't be surprised, and, I, and I've heard a lot of information, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was similar in in Canada, that most minorities, especially ones that were oppressed by the government, so like in the U.S. was typically African, like, you know, black people were, were historically oppressed by the government. 
I would not be surprised that those same communities, you know, similar to uh, the uh, native communities in Canada, are leery of what governments have to say. Say in terms of, say, maybe COVID vaccinations. I would not be surprised. And I think, I, I, I wouldn't fault them for it. Like these are within in living memory that these these school ex- schools existed. Yeah, literally until I was in my teens. So it's it's very near past. So I I, I strongly encourage. So uh, this todayville, like I said, there's a lot more in into this article, and I I'm also I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it seems like there's a lot of contra contradicting information or at least uh allegations or or you know just information that is being spoused that you know it i don't know if uh if trudeau is trying to use this as a, a political thing and just say hey well you know we've helped these communities but it, it, like if you do not have any opportunity anything will never survive. Like, if you don't have, you know, the, I, I do see some places that, you know, they've started farming, like there's ranchers, in, I know in Alberta, there there's quite a few native reservations that have ranches, they have farms, which could, like, why, why would you not want people at least contributing to their community. And like I said, I would, I think it'd be cool to go to the reservations and learning about their, their culture and their, their history. Absolutely. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I found this, this, you know, kind of, I, I always seek like the counterpoint to someone's accusation. So I, you know, if it, if you just hear something negative, 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 you know, like, a, well, perfect. This is a perfect example that, well, the, you know, the, the government just helped kill all these people and everything else. And then you hear a counterpoint, especially from the people that have everything to gain, everything to gain. And by countering that point, have only things to lose. <laughs> so kind of, it's kind of, um, I, I don't know, um, impeccable timing. I guess right when we're in the midst of uh, people hating on Trudeau because of the whole COVID situation, then all of a sudden this kind of comes into play just before elections. And, you know, he's given people a day and saying all these things and trying to get justice for them. It just kind of seems like impeccable timing. Very, I could see definitely a, like a, political stunt type thing like it'd be one thing if this came about midst it's called pandering okay it's called pandering okay so it's pandering is when you well th- this is a perfect example of saying well hey natives don't you don't didn't those residential schools piss you off well i'm gonna do something to fix that don't we hate how government destroyed your your communities and your cultures well i'm gonna do something about that and then they don't do something about that. Yeah. So they're pandering to those crowds. So, like, if you see, well, a good example, Best Buy. Oh, well, 
we're taking up social justice causes. Are you? I mean, they, they, they claim that they are. But the only reason they are is because they're pandering, because their marketing group says that it's, that this is the in thing, is to hate, you know, to hate North America, to hate Western civilization. So you're just pandering. I, I wish we could go back to the days when corporations were just greedy, evil fucks, and everyone hated them because they're greedy, evil fucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't need a, I don't need a, you know, if I go and buy something, I don't need a lecture in why being white is bad. That's pandering. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what they do. Yes, it is. I did not know that, uh, the word for it, but hundred percent. Now I learned something new today. Speaking of pandering, <laughs> these Zucuni things. Oh my God. What? That fried zucchini. My God, right? That was so good. Dude. I know. To anybody who's listening, (laughs) on the weekend, totally way off topic here, uh, we had Luther Burgers, which if anybody has never heard of such a thing, it's basically taking a honey glazed donut and using that to replace the bun. Which sounds like something a a fat person would eat. 100%. Yes. Um, And it sounds absolutely disgusting. And it's weirdly good. I mean, I personally couldn't have more than one. But it's weirdly good. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's terrible for you. It's (laughs) terrible. Really? Absolutely terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had no idea. I thought it was super healthy. But actually, the... the, Anyway. So he made also... um, Deep fried zucchini fries, I guess. Yeah. Holy crap, were they ever good. And surprisingly enough, not as bad for you as I thought they would be. Like the amount of calories and stuff like that actually wasn't that bad. But they're not deep fried for very long. It's not like they're sitting in there for a very long time, but just to get the outside nice and crispy. And oh my God, they're so freaking good. I don't think I've ever eaten so much zucchini in my life. All right. Okay. So, anyways, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I like seeing. I like seeing the counterpoint. I like being proven wrong. I like being proven wrong in in certain things because I was originally saying, you know, if if you think this two hundred fifteen is is a lot. You've, you've seen nothing yet. There's going to be a lot more reports are going to be coming out because now that the focus and you know the spotlight has been put onto this, but it is nice to see. Like I said, that possibly aren't uh, aren't as nefarious, aren't as evil as possibly everyone thought. But yeah, all right. You got anything to say in regards to? Well, I mean, I I just. I don't doubt that the the hardships that they had in those schools are anything but factual and true. I know there yeah. are so many people who are suffering from PTSD and stuff like that for the, the hardships that they had gone through. And it's super sad. It, this doesn't take away anything from that, but just very interesting to find out that 
it's yeah, not quite as sinister as everybody may have thought, you know, like, oh my God, these people were just dumped in these graves and no one even knew about them. And now the families all of a sudden, now they're finally going to know about them. And it's just kind of nice to hear that at the same time that it is kind of bullshit and that these people did have proper um, mourning and laying them to rest in a proper way. Just because their crosses are no longer visible doesn't mean that they were just discarded. So that is quite reassuring and nice to hear. Well, I guess it goes... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, and I'm glad to hear this from reputable sources, not just some bullshit. And it just kind of, I don't know, makes me have my skeptic house look on the government even more. Yeah. Well, and it... um... It kind of it kind of destroys Trudeau's narrative, and and frankly, Jagmeet Singh's, uh, you know, the terrorist sympathizer of <laughs> that Canada is inherently racist and hates people, which not even just racist, know, but they quoted being saying evil. Yeah, evil. Like yeah, Canada is evil. Well, you know what, Jagmeet Singh, please. Go 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 to you know go to one of the countries that you advocated for. Please go there and tell them that they're evil and they should change their ways. Uh, oh my god! Okay, I, I'm sure you know the, the the lot of the people that are arguing for this type of stuff. Please go to the places you know. Go to those. We all know the places where they frown on on gay people. Where you'll be thrown off a roof. For being gay, where you know, and like here in 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 certain countries, gay dating apps are uh, booming, booming in those in those countries. Really? So, oh fuck yeah, yeah. Just surprising because you have. Like, well, I mean, I don't know what countries these things are booming in, but if you look at some places, I don't know if it's um, in Jamaica or Africa or even both, but in some of those countries, like, it's literally, you will get, like, stoned to death. You will get murdered if you are gay or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So if you want to say Canada is is racist, is homophobic, is is, uh, whatever, ist and phobe, you are being so disingenuous and you are being you're you're actually making the situation in other countries worse. Do you think people don't see what happens in other countries? Like to say, oh well, Canada is super racist and then and they're you know they just they just can't wait to beat the gays and they can't wait to you know to to find a, a black or a native and just string them up like a you know I don't know, like a Christmas ornament. No, no, that is so disingenuous. That is so untrue to the point of absurdity. There are people like racism will always exist. Like there's, there's always going to be a fucking Klansman. There's always going to be a, you know, a a black Panther. There's always going to be a white nationalist group. There's always going to, there's always, that's always going to be a thing. But is that the majority? No, no. Not, not even close. 
I can't like I can't even think of anyone that I know. I can think of one person that I know is absolutely a racist. Guess what? I don't talk to them because they're a fucking racist. They hate other races. I don't talk to them because of it. Flat out. So to say that Canada is racist, I you know, I, I see all walks of life. I've met people uh, of different nationalities, of different backgrounds. I don't know. Did have I ever talked about that that story in uh, when I was in Fargo? Did I ever talk about that on the podcast? Talk about which? Sorry, the the incident that I had in Fargo. I don't know. Please tell a little more. I'm not sure. Okay, so. Okay, so if I did, I apologize. But if I haven't, well, then here's a here's, here's a here's a shitty story. So I was at uh, I was at a shop in in Fargo, and you know, uh, anyone that doesn't know, I drive a semi, and um, so I, I you know after I, I fueled up the truck, and you know I was I was leaving like you know you go inside, you grab your coffee, you grab your receipts, and then you leave, and so. As I was walking out, there was this, uh, there was this black guy, he, he, can't remember if he was, I think he was behind me, whatever, it, it doesn't fucking matter where he was. But so, you know, me and him are more or less leaving at the same time. And he says to me, can you believe how racist that chick was? I said, well, well, why, what do you mean? What happened? So he tells me, he says, well, so mind you, this is during like the kind of the height of COVID, you know, everyone's wearing a mask and, and it was, uh. It was just as we were coming out of winter, like a little more into spring. So it was still cool outside. And so this gentleman says to me, says, yeah, can you, can you, that chick's such a racist. And I said, well, why? He says, well, she kept watching me. And, you know, I, I said, well, why are you harassing me? And she kind of brushed it off as, oh yeah, I'm, I'm harassing you. And and he, I guess he took a little bit of offense to to her saying that, and so I just asked him. I said, "Can can I be honest with you?" Yeah. I said, "How how did you come into the store?" I'm I'm like I'm not I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just I'm genuinely asking. And I said, "Well, you know, I'm sure you had your mask on, and you probably had your hood up." And I said, "Right." And he's well, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, and I'm sure you and her made eye contact at one point. Yeah. I said, well, now let's say your assumption is that she thinks you're going to steal and you keep looking at her. And then she's going to notice you looking at her. So it ends up kind of feeding a, a, a bit of a cycle. Like, you know, you're in here with a hood up, mask on, and I'm sure... You are probably one of a thousand, let's say a thousand people she interacts in her eight-hour shift or however long she's worked. And he's, you know, he's, yeah, you know, that kind of makes sense. I'm like, I'm sure what, when she said it, you know, maybe, maybe she is like a, a super racist and she hates black people. But I would tend to try to come from the side of, I would assume good intentions on someone than assuming the worst of intentions on someone, unless proven otherwise. So I'm sure she was just trying to make a joke like, oh, yeah, I'm harassing you. I'm sure she was just trying to, you know, kind of brush it off that it's not a big deal. And uh, 
I said, I, and I know in North America, there's, there's a lot of divide right now. And I, you know, it could have just been how your body language is. And I'm sure she sees tons of people and you're, you're just one that she happened to see today. So I, 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 I would, I would kind of look at it as, you know, kind of not just what did I do, but you know, maybe it's just, I, I kind of built that own, that own story up in my head. Kind of as we're, you know, we continued walking. He's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. You know, I, I might've overthought it and, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't have been a big deal. Hey man, I'm just, you know, I, like I said, I, I see a lot of divide in, in North America. There's a lot of racially charged stuff and I, I don't think it helps anyone. He's like, no, you know what, man, that's really cool. Thank you. And, you know, we parted our ways and he, you know, he was really nice about it. And you know, he did continue talking a little bit, but it was, uh, I don't remember why the fuck I was telling this now. Oh, right. Racist people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, actually, you never did tell me that story. So that was the good one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I meet people all over and I, and I genuinely ask and I, I try to come like, I'm, I'm like I've said before, I'm naturally curious. I want to learn about stuff and I want to, I want to hear about people's stories. I think people are interesting, whether they're the bad ones or the good ones. I'm curious what makes people tick like, you know, maybe, uh, and I'm sure like everyone's heard of the, you know, Daryl Davis, an amazing guy. Absolutely amazing. If anyone's ever heard of him, he's being touted as a as a white supremacist, which is such a it's such a, a false statement. It it borders on insanity. Like you have to be actively either disingenuous or you have such a, a fucked up narrative to push that you 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 can't actually see this guy de-radicalized Klansman. This is a, he's a black guy. Well, that and, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Those are interesting to watch. Oh, they're, they're fantastic. So those types of stories is, hey, we're all, you know, not as the, the cliche, you know, how our politicians say we're all in this together. Oh God, I just seen a fucking eye roll. Oh my God, all I totally just photo- rolled my eyes too. <laughs> I just seen all our political leaders just uh, all unanimously say as though they're talking to children. We're all in this together. <laughs> yeah. Now let's uh, hold hands. <laughs> yeah, sing kumbaya. And... So, you know, I, I I think people have a lot more in common than I think they they really give them credit for. And yeah. I don't know. Is there? You want to say something? Uh, no. Okay. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm just kind of. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I just uh-huh. I, I agree with all those things. <laughs> Good. Sorry, phone was. All right. Well, let's. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so here's here's a story from the National Post. And it is titled, in quotations, I wish I had never met you. Wilson Rambold told Trudeau she reveals in her new book. So Wilson Rambold, so Jody Wilson Rambold, for anyone that knows, she was the, uh, 
Oh god, what was her position? Uh, Justice Minister. Yeah, and it, yeah, she was our Attorney General. Um, so it's the it says Wilson Raybould says she's mad at herself now for having once thought Trudeau as an honest and good person when, in truth, he would so casually lie to the public. That's pretty. So on the day Prime Minister Justin Trudeau formally removed Jody Wilson-Raybould as Justice Minister and Attorney General, she approached her successor at the cabinet swearing in ceremony to deliver a cryptic warning. First, she congratulated David Lamenti on his new role and offered her assistance in the transition. Then, purposely with Privy Council Clerk Michael Wenrick, Standing within earshot, I offered Lamenti a warning. Be careful. All is not what it seems, Wilson Raybould writes in her new book. Indian in the Cabinet is what it's titled. I looked directly at the clerk when I said it. Lamenti replied, noted. So, for those that don't remember, Jody Wilson Raybould was investigating our dear blackface in, in charge of the SNC Lavalin scandal. So, for those that do you know what that is? No. Okay. So, see if if this. Uh, I don't think this brings up exactly. It's not the wee thing, is it? No, that but that that is a different one. But no, she was she was demoted after the SNC Lavalin scandal. Um. So the SNC Lavalin. Oh, I'm just gonna look it up quick because I don't wanna. Um, I don't want to get the scandal. Scandal. I don't want to get the the things mixed up. So, uh, so yeah, the Justin Trudeau interfered with the with Parliament, telling them not to investigate uh, the the SNC Lavalin. I think they were given contracts that Justin Trudeau said that uh, they should get it and just shut up and don't uh, don't investigate this. She was in charge of it. So a an an Aboriginal woman in a very prestigious and like a highly regarded uh, uh, position in our government, our Justice Minister and Attorney General. He ended up demoting her after she said, no, I'm going to continue looking into this. Um, Yeah, so recounts the story how she cautiously but optimistically entered politics, Canada's first Indigenous Justice Minister, and then fought against the control exerted by Trudeau's top staffers, Gerald Butts and Katie Telford, until it erupted in the SNC-Lavalin scandal. Um... Yeah, so it, you know it, it, this this self proclaimed feminist and woman fighter and, and pushed for all these types of stuff. This it, for anyone to to continue to to support this types of stuff and you know like the I'll bring it up again, female genital mutilation. He was in support of it. I shouldn't say in support of it, but we had to change our wording. We left it out of our you know our. Uh, our new people to Canada frickin' package. 
you know, I, I'm in total support. Like, you know, I'm, I'm for different cultures. I'm for different people. And I've said it before. When you come to Canada, here is our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. This is the document you are agreeing to abide to if you come here. It is just like if you sign on with a company and they send and they give you a big sign-on package and they say, you will do this, you will not do this. You know, if you have a problem, these are the people you need to communicate with, blah, 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 blah. They give you the, the policies and procedures that are acceptable or that are done within this organization. So if you start doing stuff, and there have been reports of in in certain uh uh oh my god what are what are what is a muslim freaking church called now it's not a synagogue that's jewish isn't it the fuck are they called oh what kind of church uh, like muslim uh east indian like muslim or oh. whatever doesn't matter anyway. <clears throat> That they have actually been holding Sharia law courts in those churches. Which is, Sharia law is, for those that don't know, women are second class citizens. Women and men cannot be together. Women do not have the, you know, the same rights afforded to a, a man. So you want to talk about, you know, accepting other cultures? No. That type of stuff, we say, you leave that back wherever the fuck you came from. Because no. We don't have Sharia law in Canada. And anyone wants to look it up, there, there, were, there have been many reports of, of Sharia law being exercised in Canada. Where these women are, you know, these people cannot, will not go to the church, or will not go to the police, they go to the church. So. You know, this is this is the type of person that that's directly uh, leading Canada and says that you know we should be a shining beacon, but you know Canada's evil and and racist and oh we have <clears throat> kind of yeah right but you, <laughs> you know but but now you know Mrs. Wilson Raybould. You know, it sounds like she, she actually had, she had morals and convictions. And she was trying to do the right thing. And she was pushed aside. Yeah, because so it's not uh, like he wants anybody sitting there investigating shit that he's done wrong. Like, forget it. Get out. Keep it hush-hush. Yeah, it's... uh. Well, yeah, it's it's corruption, but you know, yeah, we have a strong. What does it say? As she lost access to Trudeau, Wilson Raybould said she began writing memos to try to get his attention on various files. Eventually, the prime minister's office's frustration with her boiled over in June 2017, when Nicholas Mackenzie was called into a meeting with Butts and Telford. What is wrong with your minister? She is fighting with everyone. Butts said. So according to the book, they list all my transgressions. Uh, I can't be in the room alone with a prime minister and cannot give documents to the prime minister. Later, she says she told the Trudeau, she told, she talked, fuck balls. She talked to Trudeau in the House of Commons and asked him to describe her. 
He was silent for a period of time, looking thoughtful, she writes. Then, with a half-smile, he said, You, Jody, are challenging and infuriatingly headstrong, but that is why we love you. So, someone that I was actually... Oh, actually, this article, I didn't see this. So, yeah, the this book that she released goes into the SNC Lavalin scandal. Yeah, our expulsion from the Liberal caucus was shown on television accompanied by a cowardly display of cheering Liberals and peace. On the day she resigned from cabinet, she recalls being trapped in her office with Jane Philpott and her staff to avoid the media, before eventually being escorted through the tunnels by parliamentary security. So, you know, now it may be good for her. Hopefully she has a lot of success with this book, but, you know, it, strong, you know, feminist supporter and, and everything else. Yeah. Corruption, but, uh, yeah, a strong independent woman as long as she shuts the fuck out, you know, shuts her, shuts her mouth and uh, does what she's told. Yeah. Yep. Real, real strong uh, feminist supporter, right? Yeah, right. That's that's a good way to empower women is hey, if you speak up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're out of here. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Let us be uh, corrupt, and you'll just shut up and carry on. Man, what a what a fucking uh, mistake. That's that's really what sad. A, yeah, that she ends up losing her job because she was actually doing the right thing, and mm-hmm. potentially expose somebody for doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh, and he, like I said, he's, you know, yeah, I give him, I'm giving him shit about, you know, the blackface. For me personally, I don't care. He was, he was in a, a, a drama play. He was playing around, you know, if that's what was, was such a big deal, he's done a lot more that he should be held accountable for, but he's not. And then we have, you know, the, our conservative party is basically just trying to trying to work alongside him. And it's unfortunate because Pierre Polyev, I'm actually a really big supporter of him. I really like what he's saying. I like what, you know, the, the hard questions and the hard way that he acts. I, you know, I'm, I'm a real big fan of someone that's saying like, hey, the, the things you're doing are the opposite of what you should be doing and calling it out. I'm a fan of that. But, I don't know, the conservatives have, you know, they're, they're, they're left of center. So, I don't know. But, you know, all the best to her. I hope she, uh, I hope she makes a freaking fuck ton of money from this book and, you know, can go enjoy, go enjoy her life. Yeah. Right, say something. God damn it. Oh, I just did. Yes, I agree. <laughs> no, it'd be <laughs> quite interesting actually to hear what she has to say from working with these people as close as she did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I know. I feel like, I don't know. Like for me, it sounds like she was um, unjust unjustly and just yeah unjustly fired or oh, she forced totally was. to resign or whatever like i almost feel like she should fight them on it 
Like, I, I wouldn't want, uh, like, say if it was me, I wouldn't want to get the job back. I fought companies over being wrongfully terminated. And it wasn't to get my job back. It was just because it was unjust. It was not right. And I wasn't going to yeah. just sit on it. Like, I, I feel like she should fight back and have it exposed. But maybe this is exactly how she's choosing to fight back is by doing this book. So, yeah, I'd be, I'd be quite interested to see or hear what she has to say. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. So good for you, girl. <laughs> yeah. In Ottawa, the political culture, which includes the media, lives in a world of its old construction, quite divorced from the daily realities and lives of most Canadians. Boy, if that isn't, if that isn't the freaking, isn't the, you know, an absolute, I don't know, an absolute uh, distillation of our political system. I don't know what is. Lives in a world of its own construction, quite divorced from the daily realities and lives of Canadians. Yeah. I like the next part, too, if you want to keep reading. But a cardinal feature of this cynical world is that it rarely, if ever, assumes that an individual might actually do something simply because it is what they believe is the right thing to do. Rather, there must always be an ulterior motive, an agenda, one that is either partisan, political, or tied to personal ambition, to get recognition, to climb up the ladder. In this Ottawa world, people are not thought of first as people who hold beliefs and try to live lives of meaning that reflect on those beliefs. That's crazy. Right. Oh, there yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to that, but yeah. All right, anything else or uh um no. <laughs> I I got nothing. I, I learned lots. Um I'm not uh huge into politics and stuff like that. I normally uh give you the reins for that and just sit back and soak it up and try and learn a <laughs> thing or two. <laughs> Cuz I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to politics. So, I mean, I I think, I don't know, like the one thing that you had mentioned earlier, I guess, um, people making mention that, well, just to to vote for the winning side, the winning team, you know, who who you think is going to win, vote for that. That really kind of got under my skin a little bit, because then what's the point in voting? You're not, you're not actually voting. Your vote is supposed to matter. It's supposed to potentially make a difference and you're supposed to vote on something that speaks to you, that has the same type of moral compass that you have or ideals or et cetera. You know, you don't just, oh, well, this isn't, this isn't gambling. This isn't a horse race where, Okay, well, I think uh, Speedy over here is going to win, so let's vote for Speedy. Like, you don't get prize for picking the right candidate who's going to win. And by people blindly voting like that, just picking the person who's the winner, that doesn't leave room for change at all. 
then people just sit back and they bitch and they complain because they do not like the policies. They don't like things that are happening. The government is taking control. The government is locking us up, blah, blah, blah. You know, like everybody will sit there and complain about it. But then when they have that opportunity to try to make a difference and try to give, say, the underdog a shot, they don't. They they treat it as huh. something that's gambling. So I, I I was listening to Tim Pool a little bit earlier, and he brought up a, a really interesting point. So in terms of like U.S. politics, so they say that well the point that he or that he had brought up was Trump or Biden wasn't elected; he was anti-elected. So yeah, there there was a lot of you know support behind Trump. And very little support behind behind Biden, but there was a lot of negative support behind Trump. You know, as much as he got people riled up for good and for bad. So, you know, now now the U.S. and you know, and even in, in terms of of Canada, we have a lot of uh, you know the knock on effect of well, Trump is is uh, you know evil for evil's sake, and you know what? I'm sorry. Anyone that that hated Trump and said Trump is dumb because Trump is dumb, sorry, your your argument is irrelevant. It's literally useless. It if you could talk about policies, okay. Let's talk about policies. You attack the ideas, not the person. What I always say, and that's what I always try to go after. I will go after your ideas and say why I think they're wrong. I'm not gonna go after you and say why. You are wrong. Always attack the idea. Don't attack the person. So very good way in looking at it. People should take note. So with, excuse me, sorry. So if you're just going to say, I, I am going to vote against something. Sorry, I have a hiccup. You will never be happy with what you get. So now people in the U S and in turn, you know, similarly speaking in Canada, you are now reaping what you sowed. People hated Harper so much. They ragged on him over and over. And, you know, Trudeau seemed very soft spoken. He, you know, he seemed like he had an idea at the time. And then just more and more and more stuff. His friends got rich. His family got rich. People complain about U.S. politics corrupting. But you're you're seeing the same thing happen here. The funny thing is... is, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, but this is is tribalism. Where only my team needs to win because my team needs to win. Why? Yeah. I that, remember. That makes no sense to me. That makes no sense. That you know, and I, I, I said I voted. I didn't vote for liberal or conservative. I didn't because neither one of them were speaking to what I am looking for out of Canada. Has nothing to do. What like? And I'll say this: the second you tie your name to something, there's always going to be something that someone's going to have to to vouch for. Like I was just, I just seen. Uh, it was a um, a PPC member just got uh, just got charged with uh, 
I, I guess assaulting Trudeau like people were throwing gravel at him. And you know, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't throw don't don't fucking throw rocks at people. Like, come come on. Are are we are we going back to fucking whatever shit country? Where we stone people? Is that what we're doing here? You're stoning a politician. Yeah, that's just You're gross. Throwing, how fucking stupid. Well, in any argument that you may have had because of those actions, sorry, that was Gone. beyond childish. Gone. And yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to listen to what you have to say if you're going to be that gross and do something that childlike. Like, hey, yell at the guy. Yell and tell him, you know what? You're doing a shit job and we hate the job you're doing. Please, by all means. By all means. Even though we don't have free speech in Canada, I support your your right to to call something out that you don't see right or you see you know you see an injustice in it. By all means, I support that. I don't support people suddenly start throwing rocks. You do that in in fucking in backwater villages. Well, I guess they don't have water in shitty places in Africa, in places in the Middle East where they'll stone you to death. You do that there. You know, fu- well, it's not even people. like maybe maybe things like that happened here, but that was like how many eons ago? Like that was like what Middle Ages or some shit like that. Like that was way 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 back in the day. I feel like we've we've gone past this, or at You'd least think, we should. But, <laughs> you know, but th- this is why tribalism is is such a dangerous thing. Just my team needs to win. I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, at the time, and I've said before, I am a card-carrying Conservative Party member. And I, I've quickly thought of just tearing that fucking thing up. Because O'Toole went from, you know, speaking things that, you know what, I'm in support of, to now changing it. You know, he was saying no vaccine mandates. Okay, well, he flipped on that. Oh, the, the gun, you know, the gun restrictions that Trudeau implemented. Okay, he flipped on that. There are tons of the carbon tax. He said he was going to repeal that. He now flipped on that. I'm sorry. If you're going to vote for conservative, might as well vote for liberal. Sorry, Mr. O'Toole. It's that's just how it is. You're you're I get you're trying to split the liberal vote and I understand that. But sorry, you're you're no longer speaking to, you know, people that want to go to work, people that have a job, people that are trying to do something. You're, you're you're not you're not speaking to the, you know you're not speaking to Alberta, Saskatchewan, BC, you know the, some of the maritime provinces. You're no longer speaking to them, not anymore. You're speaking to Toronto. You're speaking to British Columbia, some Quebec, but well, Quebec wants out. So I don't know which who you're speaking to there. <laughs> They've always wanted out. You know, so it's a gamble. You know, I'll I'll give him that. He he's taking a risk, but you're you're not speaking to to the base. Like it's yeah, that's why tribalism is so dangerous. I agree. See, the one thing um, that you were mentioning about how what? But watch for the purple wave. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> the 
the one thing that you had mentioned about how people hated Harper so bad that, you know, people voted Trump. Oh my God, I always said Trump. <laughs> Whatever. Trudeau. Okay. When he won, I don't remember hearing anybody be like, oh, Trudeau got in. I'm so excited about these things and these things and these things. No. All I would hear is, oh, he's so young and he's so good looking for a prime minister. Like everyone was just focused on his age and how he looked, which, ew, I really don't think he's this heartthrob that people were talking about. It's, ew. But like that's all that you would hear people talking about. It had nothing to do with his policies. It had nothing to do with his broken, empty promises, nothing. It was all just his looks. And then you have... Also, when you think about, okay, in the States. So there's a lot of people who would say, um, again, you know, they didn't like Trump. So, well, the only other potential option that could maybe beat Trump is probably Biden. I don't really like Biden, but I don't want Trump, so I'm going to vote Biden. And that's the thing, too. That goes back again. Anti-elected. Yeah. Anti-elected. Yeah. But it goes back to, again, people voting for who they think is going to potentially win or who could win. If you didn't want Trump, but you didn't believe in what Biden had to say or you didn't even like Biden, why was anybody voting for him? I'm pretty sure there were other people who were in the election that were more fit um, cognitively, mentally, uh, everything, (laughs) more than Biden. But people didn't vote for those people because they didn't think they had a chance. Well, I'm pretty sure if everybody then decided, okay, well, let's all vote for this underdog, maybe you guys could have actually made a difference. You could have voted somebody good in there. So I'll say say this. This might sound controversial. Hitler was a very persuasive leader. He knew how to speak to the country of Germany. He knew how to. You can't deny it. You can't deny that he got people excited. He got people rejuvenated. They got their pride. They, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> just, just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Let me grab a shovel and dig myself a little bit deep. <laughs> what I'm saying is he, he, energized a country you need that from your leaders you need to have someone that says i'm in your corner not not you know i'm sorry not how trudeau says i have your backs uh maybe with a, a knife in it so remember when he said that i have your backs and i supported you well look at all the people that are now getting screwed on their taxes so there that's the no it's getting excited that i want like for me personally i love seeing like my friends succeed i love seeing my friends achieving something like i I, you know i kind of have a bit of a a running war well a friendly war with my friend that you know he he's in real estate and i get excited when he says i just closed a deal on this look at this new this new place that i bought I'm happy for him. So I want to see people succeed because when they succeed, 
everyone succeeds. And I know that the whole thing, oh, a rising tide raises all ships. Shut up. I'm saying when people <laughs> feel they have the ability to do things themselves, when they are in control of their, 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 their lives, I want to see people succeed. I don't want to see people getting more and more poor. I don't want to see people having more and more debt. And people have, they taught, they tell me this stuff. That, like, oh, that's all that's happening. I just, I'm getting more and more behind. I have less and less money. Yes. Tr trust me, I wish everyone had a, an amazing paying job and were happy. How many people just sit and complain about taxes and complain about all this type of stuff? You need a leader that inspires confidence. That I am willing, that I will take this risk and I know, you know, this is why, like, you know, with Trump, he got his base excited. Because he was saying, I'm fighting for you. What was his famous quote? I'm an asshole, but I'm working for you. The first time I think I've ever heard a politician say that I am here to work for you, for the little guy. That's who Trump was talking to. That's why people got so engaged, so excited. Because he was saying, I'm helping the little guy. I'm not helping the big banks, the big corporations, all this stuff. I'm, help I'm helping the, the small mom and pop, the middle class. I'm fighting for you. And that, that type of stuff, it's, it's infectious. It gets people excited. It, in, it rejuvenates people that have said, well, the system's broken. There's nothing I can do. What can I do? I, I vote and, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's either the left hand or the right hand. And they're, they're, they're both doing the same thing. But it was, you know, everyone said they, that, they, that they, you know, hated Trump. Bernie Sanders was saying the same stuff. He was saying that, you know, the, the wall, like, the, you know, the, the mass immigration it was, was bad. Bernie Sanders was saying that, and he's on the Democratic side, or Democrat, not Democratic, Democrat side. So when you see that stuff, like, Trump and, and Bernie Sanders were saying the exact same things. Mass immigration is bad. We need to secure our borders. Getting people better wages. Bringing back industries into North America. That gets people excited. It means that I am no longer being left behind. I now have, I have a fighting chance. That's what I would love to see. I would love to see, you know, cool innovations. I would love to see... You know, people that, you know, want to produce things in Canada. I, I get excited for that. I actively seek that out. Yeah, and it's, that's what you need from your leader. They're going to say, you know, I have your back. No matter what, Canada will succeed. Yes, not somebody who's everyone. captivating and not a piece of shit like Hitler, though. <laughs> well, yeah. but. You know, someone that says, oh, fuck, now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, energize, energizes you. Uh, fuck. God damn it. 
<laughs> Captivating? Well, but it's, you know, so you vote for the people that you feel represent, like, that's what they are. Like, stop calling them our leaders. They are our representatives. I've said it over and over again. They are our representatives. So if you hate Trudeau that bad and you want Mr. You know Aaron O'Toole in, okay, but is he is is O'Toole speaking for you or is it just your hate for Trudeau blinds you to whatever else is available? Yeah, I don't. I don't see anyone saying that. I've only seen one person saying that. One person saying that. I am fighting for Canada. Only seen one politician say that. And I'll leave it at that. I would encourage anybody who votes, whether you're Canadian, whether you're American, anybody who has a voting system in their country, start voting for the person who actually speaks to you, has the same moral compass as you do. Stop voting for the person you think is going to win or the person you think has a better chance. I, I'm pretty sure if everybody would actually vote for the people who spoke to them and actually did it, the outcome would probably surprise you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, we need someone that's that wants Canada to be better. Trust me, I want to. I want Canada to be better. I don't want to leave Canada, but I don't know. It's getting harder and harder. Does it? It seems like Canada. Maybe just, maybe just Canada isn't for me. I don't know. I don't think it's 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 not Canada isn't for you. I mean, the what Canada is supposed to stand for is a fantastic place. However, oh, our multiculturalism, you know, bring your culture, bring, you know, bring the good stuff, bring the good stuff from your culture. And, you know, and you see a lot of like in the U.S., like it's, it's a melting pot. What I always find really, really sad. That, you know, when you do a census survey, well, where are you from? What does everyone say? You know, like, well, my ancestry, well, we came from from Italy and we came from um, Ukraine. So I'm, I'm an Italian, Ukrainian, well, I guess Métis since Métis, but I'm, I'm not, they'll always, they'll never say, oh, I'm Canadian. I was born in Canada, which would make me a Canadian, but no, you are from somewhere else. Yeah, actually, that's very true. So we're. I think where, where you know the U.S. says you're you're an American first, and wherever your ancestry is, second. We are you know we're all we're all you know home to this to this land now. We're all here. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think the people who are supposed to be our representatives that are acting as our leaders they're they're not representing what canada stands for and what we should be they're not representing representing us in the slightest they're turning our country into a joke a 
talking point, uh, a meme. <laughs> like it's, it's really kind of sad because Canada is a great place. It really is. And the people who are supposed to be representing us, they're not doing a very good job. And that needs to change. And like I was going to say, like, you know, multiculturalism, I get it. Yeah, bring your cultures here. But uh, the problem that I see is, we've, you know, you, you take in people and they can't, as bad as it sounds, they can't assimilate into Canadian culture. They end up, you know, having these, these hives of, like, it's crazy to see, like, you know, now, like, going into the States and, you know, you go into, like, you know, like California, you go into, you know, like Southern, especially like Southern California, like, you know, where it's a lot of agriculture. It's all Mexican people. And you could see the houses are re reflective of those cultures. You know, like the terracotta roofs, the Spanish style, like that type of stuff. You see that. It feels like you're almost in a, you know, like a, like a, I don't know, like a, like a, you know, a sunny vacation destination. And I okay, I understand California is, it's warm, it's hot. It, yes, it is. But I'm, you know, you can see like each place is so unique to eat, to themselves. Like being in California, you know, you're in California outside of the, all the homeless people and the shit everywhere. <laughs> but you can see like each place is so distinct from each other. You can literally, like, that's the one thing that I found fascinating. Going around the U.S., each place, it's, it's almost like its own country. It's so weird. I don't know, maybe it's because of growing up in Canada, well, and especially in the prairies, it's, well, yeah, B.C. is beautiful, you know, the western side of Alberta. Ontario is a beautiful area, you know. Uh, fortunately, I haven't been through Quebec, so I don't know beyond Toronto, but, you know, it's, the, the, the culture ends up infusing into those places. So you see, like, places, it's, what, they just speak Spanish. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I, I think, like, the multicultural, when people cannot even speak the language of their, you know, of their adopted home. Well, they, they can't, they can't integrate. I, like, I can't talk to someone if they can, if we can't share the same language. And it ends up, I think it ends up fomenting a lot of divide. You know, if, if yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. I know that there's lots of um, I guess communities in, I mean, I know of in Manitoba anyway, and I'm sure it's like this all through Canada, where you have a specific race, I guess, of people, whether it be Polish or Chinese or East Indian, it could be a multiple amount of things, but where they will, Filipino, just stick with themselves, stick with their community, and they will go years and years and years and years without actually knowing any English because they just stick with their communities. And 
I don't, I don't think that that's a good thing in the slightest. I mean, if I were going to go to our neighbors, our neighbors is a perfect example. A perfect example of like integrating. Like they said flat out, like we, we wanted to learn English so that we can integrate and be part of Canadian society. Yes. They actively went out of their way. Yes. They speak very good English. <laughs> like you wouldn't, it, like they sound like they've been here for a very long time. But. Well, the wife, yeah, she's a little rough in some places, but you can communicate. Yeah. The husband, he, yeah, he very well English. But, but they, exactly that is that they, that's what they wanted to do is they wanted to integrate. If I were going to go to another country, I would not want to just be in a, in a tiny little group with other English speaking Canadians. I would want to learn the culture and the place that I am. I would want to learn that language to be able to integrate and talk with the rest of society. Yeah. You know, like you feel so. When I went to Cuba, yes. When I went to Cuba, like I know some Spanish. I don't know, obviously, enough to have a full out conversation. I know enough to get by for the most part. But one story that I had when I went to the bank, I had to pull money out. And I was trying to ask the bank teller, trying to explain to her that I had to pull money off of my credit card because I was advised that they had like, credit card machines, debit machines and stuff. And that's what to use. That's what our travel agent had told me to use. So I brought no cash with me whatsoever. Well, unfortunately, that's not the way that it is. You have to go to a bank to pull out money. But guess what? You need money to get into town to even get to a bank to pull out money. And how are you going to do that with no money? So very bad. (laughs) But when I went to that bank, I'm trying to explain to her that I need to pull money out she had no idea what I was trying to say to her. And I remember both of us were just standing there staring at each other. And I'm like, I could have cried. I didn't cry, but like, you just have that feeling of just like, I'm trying to explain to you what I need and you're not understanding. And I don't know how else to try to explain myself for you to understand what I'm trying to say. And thankfully there was somebody else there who spoke both English and Spanish very well and was able to translate for me, for me to get what I needed to get done. But the woman in the bank, like she was getting so frustrated and angry with me because she couldn't understand what I was saying. And I'm feeling so alone and sad because she can't understand what I'm saying and I don't know how to get through to her. You know, like it's just, I couldn't imagine living in a country for years and not being able to communicate just because you decided to stick with other people of your own culture. That to me is kind of sad. Like Canada is multicultural. And I mean, I, I would like to learn, I wish I knew everybody else's languages that's in Canada to be able to talk with them. But the universal language in Canada is English. That's the one language that we can all bank on. You know what I mean? To be oh. able to communicate. And French. Well, that's our secondary language. I I know zero French. I know more Spanish than I know French. Yeah. So I I just yeah. That's that's a whatever. <laughs> a French person can come up to me and start talking, and I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I think uh, I think we've been yabbering long enough. Yeah. Get the hell out of here.
All right. Well, sounds good. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, again, pardon me, just that reminder that uh, Tyler will be doing that um, live streaming on the elections. Again, I know nothing about elections, so have any questions, ask him. <laughs> or do your research. Vote for somebody who you feel most connected to, not who you think is going to win. This isn't a horse race, okay? Um, like, share, subscribe. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and all the other places in the description box below where you can listen to us. And, yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs> yep, have a good night, everyone. Marie, good God night. loves you. Yeah. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> From the atheist, yes. God loves you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Good night.